Good morning. Introducing Nazare Grace. You guys are supposed to say all. <laughs> There's something precious about a baby. And when, it, when a baby shows up at church for the first time, a lot of people flock around. Sorry, Justin and Thelma, when you guys showed up, we didn't flock around to see your son, Travis. I don't know, there's something in a baby that draws attention. There's a song, Because He Lives, in the second verse it says, How sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives. I think you can all relate to that. There's something about something new. The birth of a baby. Whether it's your own, somebody you know, family. There's something neat about a baby. And it's amazing to, to me how Jesus came in the form of a baby, right? Isn't that what Christmas is all about? The birth of Jesus? So as we think about a baby... And the miracle of birth, I want to draw our, our hearts to adoration this morning. And the title of the message is, A Call to Adoration. And adore is a word we don't use often. But if, if I was to ask you, what is the, how would you define adore or adoration? What would you say? When, when I thought about it, adoration, I really did think of a newborn baby and the parents as they held them. They're just adoring. They love. It's a respect for someone that goes deep. In the spiritual sense, it's a worship and a respect for God. Some synonyms of adore were cherish, Treasure, prize, adoration. And my message this morning was kind of inspired from the song, O Come All Ye Faithful. Thank you, Nate, for leading that this morning. The lyrics in there are good. And it calls us to a heart of worship and adoration. The song was penned back in the 1760s, so it has stood the test of time. And then in the 1800s, two more guys, Oakley and Brooke, uh, took on and translated it from Latin into the English language. So my goal this morning is for us to understand what it means to adore so our lives can be full of adoration this Christmas. So what does adoration look like? I'm going to be, I don't have a specific text, but I'm going to be referring to verses in Luke 1 and 2, so you can turn there a while. And I had a little discussion with my wife, if I can keep her for the whole message. She won. What is adoration? And if you want, I use some of the lyrics from the song, O Come All Ye Faithful. So if you want to have that handy to be uh, glancing through, I think, think it is uh, song number 94 in the Christian hymnal. O Come All Ye Faithful, joyful and triumphant, 
O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. So the first thing about adoration is I see joy. It is a joyful time when a baby arrives. It's, it's joyful. Christmas time. Most people are happy. Most people, not all. But the, the general sense of society is that of, of joy and happiness, ready to help others. That's adoration. And isn't it so neat that we can have that shared joy in a baby? And we're going to talk more about that baby. Another thing I see in adoration is effort and sacrifice. What does it say in that verse? O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Should we all uh, go on a pilgrimage to Bethlehem over Christmas to really commemorate his birth? I don't think that's what it is calling us to do. But as we think about the people who did travel to Bethlehem, for the birth of this baby, let's think back to uh, Joseph and Mary. Now, if a week before our due date, I would have got the idea to go to Asia on a trip, I don't think my wife would have been impressed. We all know how that is, being great with child. But Joseph and Mary got up and they traveled to Bethlehem. They had to put effort they had to put sacrifice for this baby. Adoration speaks of effort and sacrifice, investment. The shepherds, when the angels appeared to them in the middle of the night, they dropped what they were doing, their, their flocks, and they went to Bethlehem to do what? Just to worship. They didn't need to. But it was that sense of urgency. Again, they were making an effort on their part to adore. The wise men we could look at, they traveled from afar. They gave up time. If we think uh, practically to a mom today thinking about babies this morning, they're willing to do a lot for that person. Now, uh, Nazare was doing pretty well up here this morning. At nighttime, she gets hungry. And she cries. And we hear her crying. And Ruthie gets up and goes and takes care of Nazareth. That's investment. That's effort. And I know I'm using the analogy of a baby here this morning, but I think we can all relate to loved ones that we adore, whether it's a spouse, children, parents. We are willing to make that investment in their lives. And the return we get from that is such a blessing. All right, so adoration is joyful. It takes effort, sacrifice, running to Bethlehem like we saw. And there's a third part, I think, and that's inviting others to join in. Now, when we had, when we had the baby, Nazare, uh, one of the first things we did was tell others. We didn't try to hide it. We wanted to tell everybody, we had a baby. This is exciting. Join in our joy. The shepherds, when they were gone to worship Jesus, they went, they saw the little baby Jesus. What did they do afterwards? They went and told everybody. 
Adoration is not just about ourselves, but it is about bringing others in to love and cherish whatever gift is before us. We show off those who we love and adore. That is adoration. So, to sum up, here's my definition of adoration. Adoration is a reverent love characterized by investment in someone while expressing this to others. So, that's adoration. You with me? Agreed? Is that adoration? Okay, we're together. Number two, who do we tend to adore? Okay, as we think about this adoration, who do, what do we tend to adore in or cherish or love? The second verse in O Come All Ye Faithful says, True God, O true God, light of light eternal, our lowly nature he hath not abhorred. We're humans, right? We have a lowly nature. We have a heart that is deceitfully wicked. So sometimes we get confused what really makes us happy or where we really find joy. Back to our three points of what adoration is. Adoration takes effort, right? To adore Jesus over this Christmas time takes effort. There are a lot of things to distract us. The festivities of this time of year make us busy. You've heard it. I've heard it. People comment, oh, Christmas time is so busy. This family gathering, that family gathering. Are they wrong? No. They're such a blessing. But the festivities gathered around this holiday tend to distract. Last uh, time I preached, it was on the first day that Rifle was open on Sunday. And somebody came up to me. Oh, you should have the a title... Uh, three reasons why you should be out hunting on Sunday. Steve said, yeah, I'll listen from my tree stand. The Christmas tree, uh, then this Sunday, Christmas is coming up, somebody came up to me, you should have a message, three reasons why you shouldn't have the Christmas tree. Or why you should. And that is a subject that is up for debate. And sometimes I think we miss the point. I think in heaven there will be people who have hunted on Sunday and people who have Christmas trees who have not. The problem is, is when those things distract us from the real meaning. And I think we can all agree on that. We need to be careful that we are not distracted from the real meaning, from really having a heart full of adoration for Jesus. How does Mary respond to all of this? thing that jumps out to me in the Christmas story, how Mary responds. In Luke 2, verse 19, first verse I'm going to refer to, after Jesus was born, the shepherds came, verse 19, what did Mary do? But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. If we want to have a heart of ad, ad, adoration, we need to set that time aside where we can focus on what really is important in the busyness of the Christmas season. And I think we can take a lesson right here from Mary. To put effort into our adoration of the Messiah, we need to take that time, set that time aside to ponder. 
what is happening. I said it takes effort and sacrifice, adoration does. It's easy to invest in safe things or people that will give back to us. Joseph's reaction when he found out Mary was going to have a baby, he could have pushed her away. That would have been a safe thing for, her to, for him to do, but he did not. He was willing to invest. And we, when we are willing to invest in others, in our family, in spreading the news of Christmas, that's when we have a heart of adoration. We are selfish humans. We know that. I, like I said, sometimes we get confused on what makes us happy. Recently, I heard of a group of uh, middle school students who were plan- trying to plan ahead for, for Christmas, and they were having a debate of what they should do for Christmas the day before they go on vacation. Ah, oh, we should do a gift exchange. Yes, exchange names. Yeah, let's 30 bucks each. That's the gift we're going to get. And uh, the teacher was like, are your parents okay with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, they'll pay it. They're thinking about themselves. Oh, our parents will pay for it. Isn't that how we are so quick to do? We want something for us. We are selfish. That is not adoration. Adoration is not thinking about ourselves, but thinking about others. So, that is a little glimpse into our human nature of what we tend to do. We don't have to go down that path, but we tend to. That's what we're drawn towards. Who can we adore? Who is worthy of our adoration? Sing choirs of angels. Sing in exultation. Oh, sing all ye citizens of heaven and above. Glory to God, all glory in the highest. Obviously, Jesus is worthy of our adoration. And why? Turn with me to Luke 1. Our Sunday school lesson was in Luke 1, centered on when the angel came to uh, Mary and Joseph. After that time, kind of the section in between that our Sunday school lesson skipped, Mary goes to see Elizabeth and arrives there, and the babe jumps in the womb, and this is the song of Mary, which is so beautiful in her response to this. So join with me. Jumping in at Luke 1, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and his to seat. And to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. So we see here some reasons why we can adore 
and who we should be adoring this Christmas season. Verse 48 points to the first thing. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. Mary recognized that she was only human. It wasn't anything she had done that God had chosen her to bring Jesus into the world. The, the second verse in O Come All Ye Faithful, he didn't abhor us in our lowly state. Did you let that sink in? He did not abhor us. He thought about us. That was his real reason for coming. Secondly, his entrance as a human. He went from God Almighty to coming to the earth as a human, to be like us, to relate with us. Is that worthy of adoration? He lived a life of scorn. He did not live an easy life. Why? For you and for me. Is that worthy of adoration? John 1 speaks of the light of the world. Jesus came, he was the word, he was God, yet he came in human flesh to be the light of the world for everybody. You know, many anticipate the COVID vaccine that is coming out. Oh yes, when that comes, everything will be okay. Imagine if they had that same attitude about Jesus. Because of him, we have life. That's what John 1 points to. He is the light of the world. Is that worthy of admiration? Yes, I think it is. So, turn with me to Luke 2 now. And I am going to read the Christmas story, Luke 2, 1 to 20. And I would like, as, as, we, as I read across this, Think about who we are adoring and look for reasons that we can adore. This beautiful story of Jesus' entrance into the earth. It's familiar, but it could be read over and over again. So Luke 2, verse 1. It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And so she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch or their flock by nights. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And back to our verse. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And that's where I'll stop reading the beautiful, quick overview story of Jesus' birth. And there could be a lot that we look at in that passage. So he's worthy of our adoration. He really is. He came to die on the cross for you and for me. So are we going to adore? Again, what, what, what does adoration look like? It's joyful. It's a triumphant time. Okay? It takes effort. We need to put effort into our adoration. And thirdly, bring others with you. It's not just about ourselves. It's about those around us, bringing them into a heart of adoration for Jesus. Practically. And lastly, how can we adore Jesus this Christmas season? What does adoration look like for you and for me? Can we go to Bethlehem? Or should I say, how can we go to Bethlehem like that song says? First of all, it's a joyful time, right? So how do we spread the joy? How can you spread joy this Christmas season? Singing? Our countenance? Those we come in contact with? Are you going to spread that joy? Am I going to spread that joy? To me, that's a pretty easy, easy thing to do. Merry Christmas. Be extra courteous to those we meet. Okay? Make an effort. Sacrifice something. Is there something that we can personally make an effort or sacrifice to show our adoration to Jesus this Christmas? Maybe it's taking time to ponder, time off work, whatever it is. Setting time aside to ponder the real meaning of Christmas. Something that uh, dad and mom have done over the years is Christmas Day, we say, all right, let's go sing for a couple neighbors. Uh, come on, mom and dad, this is Christmas. Let's just, it's our family. But the blessing that we get when we go knock on our neighbor's doors, they love it. That is making an extra effort. So thank you, mom and dad, for being that example. Then I, I met a, a beautiful young lady and her family, the Musser family at Christmas, they would get together to open up their gifts for the gift exchange. And they would stop and read through Luke 2. When we're right ready to open gifts, like why do we have to do it then? So thank you, Dennis and Norma, for taking that time. That's important. That's a sacrifice. That is adoration, brothers and sisters. So what are you going to do? This Christmas? What am I going to do? Make an effort, sacrifice something to show our adoration. 
And then, what does it look like to invite others? That was another part of adoration. This is honestly where I struggle a bit. The other two are pretty easy. That's, that's something I can do, right? But how do I bring somebody else in? Invite them to church? Start a conversation with people that we meet? That's hard. But I think that's something we all can do. And that's one of my goals for this week. So it's a stranger, whoever it is, start talking to them about the real meaning of Christmas. And this time of year, most people are open to talking about that. How are you, how am I, going to bring others in, in this heart of adoration? The birth of Christ should not be pointing to the festivities. The time of Christmas should not be pointing, pointing to the festivities, but let's turn that around. Christmas festivities should be pointing to the adoration of Christ. And we can use those festivities to do that. Are we going to? So let's circle back to the baby. Dear little Nazare that I had, or a baby that you have in your house, or no. As we hold those babies, as we think about the innocence of a baby, let's be drawn to Jesus. He came in the form of a baby. Let's joy in that. Let's be triumphant. Let's make an extra effort to adore him. And let's bring others in. And I, when I uh, go to my messages, especially around Christmas, I went back the last couple of years to see what other ministers have shared. And last year, Lester shared this comment. He said, this should not be just at Christmas is when we Christians practice this. It should be a daily. But revivals, we don't have revival revivals every month or every week. We have it every year to remind us that we need to be revived. Christmas should come around. It should be a reminder to us that this should be a daily practice of adoration to Jesus. So let's think about that this Christmas. Adoration is a reverent love characterized by investment in others while expressing this to everyone around us. That is adoration. Pull out your uh, Christian hymnals and turn to number 94. We are going to sing through, O Come All Ye Faithful. To close it here this morning, think about the words as we sing. We're going to sing all four verses. And let's be drawn into a spirit of adoration. And why don't we stand to do this? Oh, come all ye
Let's adore him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for sending, for sending your son in the form of a baby, taking on human flesh to be like us so that we can have life. And I pray that this Christmas season, we would truly adore you. Be joyful and triumphant in it, making an effort in our adoration and bringing everyone around us into a heart of adoration. Please be with us. Take us from here. We are yours. In Jesus' name, amen.